Rick Madison and Scott Lanigan, chair of Central Okanagan Journey Home Society, delve into the problems surrounding Kelowna's homelessness issue and interview community stakeholders to discover possible solutions. I'm Rick Madison, and I'm here with Scott Lanigan, of course. I've been here every time, Rick. Well, that's true, and we <laughs> try to forget that at times. Uh, and, and the wonderful Trevor Moss, CEO of the Central Okanagan Food Bank, has joined us because we're on this journey um, of education about uh, the homeless situation in, in Kelowna. So, Trevor! I yeah. just have to welcome nice. Trevor here. I just thought okay, it would be really important to do that. Okay, that's a good welcome. Now I'm officially a welcome. I'll See? actually speak to you guys. This is great. Really appreciate so, that. You know yeah. what? And, and we will provide translation for the, uh, the Eastern <laughs> accent. Um, Thanks, Rick. There'll Thank be you. a lot of hand movements in the studio here. <laughs> Uh, so, Trevor, obviously uh, the homeless situation in Kelowna intersects with the food bank, but I wanted to speak first about um, you need an address to be part of the food bank uh, to get your bins and everything else. And, and I'm just wondering, that that is a policy and, and it's, a, it's obviously there for a reason. So just explain the reasoning behind that, because I think some people might think the Kelowna Food Bank uh, just you know, doesn't matter who or what or when, they, they just offer that food. And so why do you need that address? Yeah, so you're talking if I show up, like if I need something, I go to the food bank, I need to have like a home address. Is that what you're getting at? I need a you home need, address? You need or, to have an address in order to receive, okay. to, so let, to be a client. clarify a little bit on that because okay. what it is is, yeah, we want uh, people to actually show their address. This is something that is required by Food Banks Canada, which we're a member of. But also what we do is just so that people understand, if let's say a homeless person does show up uh, to the food bank, we don't give them a week's f amount of food because that's what's in our hampers, but we do give them enough food in a moment to actually feed them because they're hungry. But what we have been doing and strategically over the last couple of years is actually really supporting uh, the partners that actually specialize in creating the meals and supporting the homeless. So, so that's I, I just want to clarify that because I think it's important because sometimes people will come to say, oh, you're not helping the homeless, but that, that's not correct because the 40 partner agencies, which 25 of them are in direct contact with the homeless, a half of our food goes towards those organizations. Okay, yeah. so so the just take a step back, and so it's a Central Okanagan Food Bank, and I think a lot of people are not sure, it's, it's, a, it's distribution for the Okanagan, really. It's like, it's, it's a really wide ranging organization. Yeah, I think right now our partner agencies are definitely through the Central Okanagan. Uh, the two cities we primarily serve, of course, is West Kelowna and Kelowna. Uh, but we also are a distribution center, so one of the hubs in BC, one of the four, uh, that actually also supports 32 other food banks. So, so we actually take care of our own clients, mm -hmm. which is around 4,000 uh, individuals a month. Plus, we support and give food to partner agencies which is basically, you know, over half of our food allotment. And then as well, we have partnerships with food banks at BC, and then the food is coming in distributed, then we distribute to the other 32 food banks that are within a four-hour radius. So that's kind of the way our structure and model works. So not everyone knows that about the distribution model, but when we moved into the new location, people were wondering why we're bigger, and basically that's the reason why the warehouse is bigger. But when you come in, you'll see that half of that food is in there is, is for the other food banks and partner agencies. Okay, so Scott, with your work with Trinity and through the Journey Home, uh, the food bank is really intersect with, with all of that. So you've probably had a, a lot of different uh, 
pathways, I guess, with with Trevor and the and the food bank. Yeah, for sure. And it it's multifaceted and has been for years because you know uh, I I think it, I'd love to hear Trevor you describe it kind of holistically for our listeners of what what really is the food bank and what do they do? Because I think for some they're thinking, I don't know, do you just kind of show up and, and get a box of food and no yeah. big deal? Or is it the same for everybody? And so I think I'd love to hear that. But indeed, uh, we've intersected in a lot of different ways. One of the things Trinity uh, is part of what we participate in the city is called Helen's Acres. So it's a farm we have uh, that uh, we uh, have uh, gladly been able to uh, partner with uh, many agents like from Mamas to Mamas, Care Society, Canadian Mental Health Association, a lot of the recovery homes and Central Algon Food Bank to grow fresh produce uh, for the food bank. And and what uh, can happen or, or perhaps typically happens is the leftovers go to the food bank when it comes to breads or groceries or different things and, and in a lot of other uh, places where the even the produce would be seconds, if you will. What we decided to do at, at Trinity and Helen's Acres is to give firsts. So they, we grow strawberries directly for the food bank. Yeah. We grow, you know, potatoes. So it's not like we'll give, you know, the the good ones to to others, and then the you know the ones that aren't so hot. Go no, we said no. Let's do it directly, and it. It's been a wonderful, I think, I think last year, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was about 150,000 pounds of, of fresh yeah. produce that Trinity yeah. donated to the food bank. Which to us, like, the goal, I think what people, their mindset in the past has been more like, okay, do give the leftovers, but our goal is is to help with food insecurity mm. and to really start doing those partnerships. And Ellen's Acres, uh, some of her other bigger food banks are really starting to, from an agricultural farm so they're one of our stronger partners because what happens is because we've gotten a little bit bigger, we are doing the distribution piece of it. So we distribute to the clients, but we're also taking that and distributing to other uh, local charities and partners because that's that's our mandate. That's our specialty, right? But I'm telling you, when Helen's Acres did this, uh, the clients just loved it because they're getting broccoli, they're getting strawberries. I remember last year, I've been there for a year, the first thing we got was asparagus. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it was just amazing. And then even right up until December, we were getting carrots and onions. And those are the staple things that every client gets. Yeah. So so it's not just canned goods anymore. And our goal for every client that comes in is, is to provide them enough food for seven to nine days. Right. It, what's interesting is when in December, I, I was part of lucky enough to uh, to write for the, the Be an Angel program which was a food bank initiative to raise funds over December. And I got to meet a lot of the clients of the food bank. And what was uh, really impressive was how much they appreciated the vegetables mm -hmm. and how much they, they thought that was just part of the, the, their lifeblood and how that they, are, they saw that commitment that the Central Oregon Food Bank had towards getting better food into the basket. And I think mm -hmm. that was... A really interesting point, and by the way, I was just blown away by the generosity of these people. And and what I think a lot of listeners don't understand is about the the food bank clients. Mm. When I was talking to them, they don't have a lot, but they choose to always open up their door to someone else to share a meal or anything mm. else. They said, you know, we don't have a lot, but we'll always share it. And I was blown away by the resilience. And, and as well, the capacity to give. Yeah. For someone who didn't have anything, they're like, oh yeah, we always have another table set out because 
yeah, that's that's what you do as human beings. So I, I've just, uh, you know, I was uh, just so entranced by how much love they give back, and like I said, they don't have a lot. So that was the interesting uh, thing. Uh, that's always huge, and I think, uh, especially among those that might be at risk of homelessness or or you know on on a scale of of going, hey, I can't do as much as I want to do, so I need some help in my journey. You know, those tend to be some of the most gracious, generous individuals because they understand what it means to not have and, and to yeah. be able to help others have as well. And I think, uh, you know, one of the pieces around the food bank, and, and feel free to chime in on this, Trevor, or, sure. or Rick, uh, I think is that when we talk about mental health, people often think of it from purely the, you know, if there is uh, an issue, whether it's mentally to be able to handle a certain situation or bipolar or different things like that, that, that really impact. But I think there's a practical mental health piece when, when um, you're in a, in a position where you need help, where you actually get treated like a, a real human or somebody that, that doesn't, you know, that just needs some help kind of human. And, and that's really the value of wanting to give first to individuals so that they felt like, hey, I'm just like everyone else. I'm not viewed as, I get the, I get the can that's got the, you know, the dent in it, or I get yeah. the, the, you know, the bread that's a couple days old that, no, actually you are worthy and valuable enough to get the same and have the yeah. same opportunity. Yeah, I, I think it's the same thing. I think the dignity piece, uh, removing as many barriers as you can, and we've actually done that as well, like even last spring, um, it, it, we actually removed any financial, um, you know, asking about income and stuff like that. We never ever did stop anybody, but we just said, listen, in the midst of this COVID crisis, and, and we're going to keep that policy. Um, and, and everyone works through with their membership and stuff like that, but, but locally, we've really expanded mm -hmm. and the way I look at it is the dignity piece is such a huge thing and then removing um, the barriers as much as you can and then it's following up with uh, guidance and respect I think that's the thing and what always amazes me is their resilience um, and the other thing that we're seeing more especially in the food bank this is some of the perceptions and it's not real is is they always say to me well Trev you know like people are they just need to go get a job but but what happens is, is probably half of our clients have been working and stuff, and they have lost their job. Mm -hmm. And they're only using the food bank for a three or six month period. Mm. So it's not like they've been there, chronic users. Like it's, we have to, I always remind myself, if I was in that situation, what would I do? And I, when I was younger, my dad got injured, and we were in that, we lived below the poverty line for two years. We didn't have a food bank in a small town in Newfoundland, but people showed up with codfish and uh, turkeys for Christmas. I'll never forget it, but it helped us over that challenging period. And then from that, that's even it changed my life. Yeah. I, I want to give back to people and say, listen, how can we do that? And I think that's the key thing. And the beautiful thing, uh, I took in all the journey home uh, sessions. Um, and, and what we're doing now is we're working if people are housing first and they're yeah. getting in. We're making that stronger uh, partnership and uh, we're also providing towards that as well because the two things that we're seeing is you need the housing concept, um, you know, and also as well, like this year alone, food costs, groceries have gone up by 5% this year. And so the unfortunate thing in COVID is, is grocery prices have gone way up because restaurants have gone down and it's all about supply and demand. Yeah. Right. So, so that's something else that really concerns me. And if you are on a fixed low income or even middle or whatever, like by the time you pay for your rent, look at the house prices, right? I mean, there's not much left. And so people are graciously saying, thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. 
And if you can throw on some healthy vegetables and all the other things, uh, it, it just, it's not a handout. It's a, it's a hand up. Yeah. Uh, that's the way I look at it. But that was the interesting thing that I, that I started to appreciate was nobody wants to go to the food bank. Like that was the thing yeah. was when I'm sitting in front of these people, they were all, you know, they have pride. They, they didn't want the handout, but they felt through a number of different situations. That was the other thing was you had people with, uh, one was a cancer survivor and he says, I can't literally go into the workplace because you know, I'm, I could die if, if I get COVID. And then another woman had uh, various amounts of uh, concussion symptoms. Yeah. So she said, I go, you know, I'll go two or three times a week for 30 seconds. I don't know who I am or what, I, what I'm doing. And she goes, that's not fair to an employer. So she was, I can't work under that condition either. So these are people that are, don't want the handout or any help, but they, they feel like they've, you know, through life situations and it changes they were presented with this, you know, it's either you feed your family or things don't mm -hmm. get very good from there. So it, yeah. was, it was sad. It's so true, Rick. And I think, you know, uh, often we, we like to control things as much as possible in our lives. And, you know, we don't like to admit that there's very little that we actually do control because, you know, there's a lot of things that are out of uh, our hands to be able to facilitate in the future, especially. We don't know if we're going to get a diagnosis. We don't know, you know, et cetera, what could happen if you're driving your car. That, And I'm not trying to be dark in that. What I mean is, I, I think you're right. For many of those people, they weren't necessarily planning on doing that and they and they had been dealt this hand that now they're just going, okay, I, I want to get back on my feet. I want to start moving towards something. Yeah. And 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 I think it's it's why that, you know, as Trevor mentioned, the, the coordination between Journey Home and, and uh, Central Okanagan Food Bank, and then other partners in the food sector, and yeah. and how extent that coordinated access is so important because it takes all of us, not just one of us. It takes it takes us all going. Okay, how can we be better together so we can help facilitate opportunities for people to take that next step, even if it's incremental, even if it's slow, to get out of homelessness, or to to, to broaden that gap between being at risk of homelessness, where I'm not at as much at risk, I'm less at risk. And all the while keeping their dignity. And I think yeah. for our listeners to remember that, you know, a large majority of those that find themselves on the streets for a period of time don't want to be there, to your point. They, they, they yeah. don't. And, and yet the cycles of a lack of coordinated effort in our community cause that cycle to continue rather than break the cycle. And I think that's why, you know, the efforts being made and in, in to have in, intentional, well-intentioned, intelligent individuals like Trevor and, and the crew at the food bank going, okay, we can do this better. So how can we do this better so we can help overcome rather than keep kind of helping, uh, keep kind of, you know, putting obstacles in the way of, of moving forward. Yeah. And I think the other thing is people ask me this all the time is uh, we actually don't like <laughs> food insecurity. And I mean, our ultimate goal is to try to actually close the food bank down. You can't say it's going to happen tomorrow, yeah. but but I, I think like what Scott is saying, what we've done is we've moved into the other partner agencies and with the journey home. And because I think it's really important to collaborate and, and not be as isolated or I don't know if it's isolated, maybe doing your own thing. I think it, the, the awareness and the cross communication is so important. Like to us, I just look at like to have a partnership with Helen's Acres or 
you know, the Clonus Women's Shelter or whoever we're partnering with, that's the key thing. And um, I think that is so important in this. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it is interesting how many, how many places I think the, the food bank does touch through, because it, it really is about, and I hate to use the word because it's been overused, but the synergies that, that really help the food bank uh, build capacity because I mean ob obviously the more people it feeds as efficiently as possible yeah. the, the better we are as a community and, and I think that's the integral role so uh, and we'll just for a moment people want to help the food bank so in, in your eyes Trevor what are some ways that people can either help uh, Maybe they, they might not be comfortable volunteering, but what are yeah. some other ways they can help? I feel this is the moment where we need that, like that emotional music, just so that it kind of beckons people <laughs> well, to kind of. I was going to start humming. I would. That would be top shelf if you could do that. Well, maybe maybe both of you can sing as I'm sharing. You know, just what we what you need to do. Holy <laughs> uh, maybe not. Maybe not, Rick. That's just that was Rick to be clear for our yeah, listeners in case stuff, they're wondering. So. No. No, but I guess on a more serious note, I think the, one of the things that we always say to people is is um, to, to actually donate online or to give us cash, if I can say that. The reason why I say that is because with what we do with our food recovery, places like Helen's Acres, uh, people donating food as well, uh, what we actually do is, is for every dollar that's donated, we provide $3 of value of food. And the other thing is, is we actually go to the bigger companies and what people need to understand is, is um, they can't sell it in grocery stores if it's two or three months before the best before date, whereas we can buy it probably for one tenth of the cost. Yeah. So you can go and, and honestly, we will take it. Like if you go to a grocery store and buy the craft dinner and the canned goods, we will graciously take that. We do food drives and we're doing them right now for Easter weekend. We love it because it's the engagement piece, but we can actually get three times more of the food value if someone gives us a dollar. Right. And then the other thing that I'm actually challenging more of the corporations and businesses is, is the other thing that we need is your services. If it's an electrician or a plumber or just to cut down on our operational costs mm -hmm. and to give some of those services and we won't hound you, but it's, it's those types of things. Or the other thing is we're asking corporations to come in and do a team building thing and come in and actually volunteer with eight of your workers for on a Saturday to build the pre-made hampers. Because every volunteer hour, we cut down our operational costs as well, and there's no way we could do it without hmm. um, without the, our volunteers. So so we made it simple. You just go to cofoodbank.com uh, uh, mm -hmm. right on there, and you donate. And, and we use your money wisely uh, from a good stewardship pr principle. And you also, is that where you could volunteer as well on the website? Yeah, yeah. there's a there's basically three tabs there. And one is, is if you want to volunteer, you just click on that, and we just take you through an orientation uh, process. And the other thing is going into the summer, or actually this is our lowest time for volunteers because nice weather people – are traveling hopefully they're traveling uh with covid but it all depends on the restrictions and uh but yeah we definitely would love to have you um young or old is there an opportunity or could you put a new tab on the website that says hey special volunteer day with rick like could that be one of the hey, well i did volunteer down there and what was funny was <laughs> they saw me in action yeah. and they said you know what you, you might be best served just building boxes over there like and, and don't don't really go intersperse with anyone. Just build your own boxes there, and 
And I think within moments, I had trouble with the tape dispenser. So I am really, you know, I tried. Really no, hard. I respect that, Rick. And I think many of us are thinking, no shock and awe there. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we almost fired a volunteer, and it was almost Rick. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I respect we, that. We, I get we the, yeah. try not to, but, yeah. uh, but we I'm, put them in different places. So. I'm in the room. Like, I'm <laughs> in the room. Anyway, uh, thanks so much. I know it was uh, short notice. So Trevor Moss from uh, Central Okanagan Food Bank, CEO and, uh, and leader for giving food to uh, the people that need it. So thanks so much for doing Yeah, that. my pleasure. Thanks for the invite. Really enjoyed it. And Scott, I have no words. But Trevor, you're a Leafs fan, aren't you? So I am a Leafs fan, man. Oh, yeah. man. So I should have talked slower. I, I, I sort of yeah. that. I've endured uh, a lot of pain in my life. <laughs> yeah, there's... There's a lot of resilience there, speaking of resilience. Um, anyway, thanks again, Scott, for s spending the time. And uh, and, another... and bringing my rugged good looks. I know Rick was about to say that, but I just yeah, thought, oh, didn't... no, I, say, I saw it uh, in his lips. There's and... too much light in this room. No. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again. Thank you for listening in on the Homeless in Kelowna podcast. If you have feedback, reach out to us via email, rick at tempestmedia.net.